This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. We now have an answer as to whether the U.S. Supreme Court is going to intervene and do something about the epidemic of mass shootings in America. We have our first ruling ever by the U.S. Supreme Court on whether they will give the thumbs up or thumbs down, at least at the preliminary stage, to an assault weapons ban, a ban on high-capacity magazines and other lethal ammunition that was passed in Illinois. It's the only ruling of its kind. Um, it's the only ruling that applies to this type of weaponry versus the Second Amendment right that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court expanded considerably last summer in one of their decisions. So you have that tension between the Second Amendment right and the uh, limits on the ability to regulate. And now you have what does the U.S. Supreme Court think about assault weapons, high capacity magazines and other instruments of primarily of the military, not of civilian use, and what is their position on it? How did we get to a decision coming up through Amy Coney Barrett, who is the uh, assigned circuit court judge for the Seventh Circuit in Illinois? And what does the ruling mean going forward in terms of other attempts by communities to ban assault weapons? Let me catch you up on all that right now. First of all, What's the law we're talking about? It's an Illinois law and a city of Naperville, Illinois law that was passed after a July 4th, 2022 Highland Park mass shooting. We have so many mass shootings in America. Some people might forget this one, but you can't. Seven people died. 48 people were wounded. Illinois, to get control of the situation, passed a law to ban assault weapons, high capacity magazines, and other uh, lethal ammunition. A group of uh, gun dealers got together. The National Association of Gun Rights sued Naperville and therefore challenged both the local ordinance and the uh, state statute, claiming that 85%, get this statistic, 85% of what their gun dealer clients sell would be banned under the law. Let me say it another way. 85% of what gun dealers, at least in Illinois, sell, and I'm sure it's the same as an audit across America, is assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, and, and lethal ammunition. The other 15%, I assume it's handguns, shotguns, and things that are protected under this Supreme Court's interpretation of the Second Amendment. But that is a mind-boggling statistic that that's been revealed, that that much money, blood money, flows into gun dealers because of this type of weaponry, okay? And let me be clear so that people who are just tuning in to me for the first time, I am not a anti-Second Amendment Democrat, okay? I've owned handguns in my own life, okay? For, for personal protection, consistent with law. That's just the way it is. That's my approach. That doesn't mean that assault weapons, military-style uh, equipment, bazookas, and other things, which are all being used, at least the AR-15s and the like, all being used in mass shootings, are, um, are supposed to be on the streets uh, at all under the Second Amendment interpretation. And now we have the U.S. Supreme Court who's come forward on an appeal. What happened is the lower-level court in Illinois said that the Second Amendment, even as expanded over the summer in the Supreme Court case of New York Rifle Association versus Bruin, did not extend as far as to, as to allow somebody to own this military-style weaponry um, under the Second Amendment. That got affirmed on an appeal to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the appellate court that sits over states like Illinois. Uh, and they and I'll, I'll read you a quote from that particular decision, just so you know where that's coming from. 
because I think this this sort of um, infects or animates all of the decision making. The Seventh Circuit ruled in upholding the district court's ruling held that particularly assault weapons and large capacity magazines, quote, are much more like machine guns and military grade weaponry than they are like the many different type of firearms that are used for self-defense. And that's the point. Machine guns, you know, have been off the streets of America, thank God, for a long, long time. But these high capacity rifles, military grade, especially if they've been tricked out by, you know, um, different types of kits that you can unfortunately get through the internet, you know, they become these lethal killing machines that we only saw during wartime, but on the streets of America, in the public schools and churches of America, at public events of America. And that's what we're trying to, to finally see if the Supreme Court is going to help local law enforcement try to do something to stem the tide of mass shootings in America. We just set a record for 2023 in a unenviable record, an embarrassing, morally depraved record that we, as uh, and think about how many shootings there have been in America. We just had the worst mass shooting year in the history of America in 2023. And let, what we're trying to do is not have 2024 beat that record. All right? And that... And we need, we need the Supreme Court to help. So what happened is after the Seventh Circuit refused to take on the appeal or refused to overturn the district court's decision, the gun dealers filed an appeal, an emergency application to have the ban on assault weapons, 85% of their livelihood, apparently, according to their self-admission, um, to have it blocked, um, have it blocked while they continue to litigate the issue at the lower level, the trial court level, on the record that's already been presented. And the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, the first stop on that train is the assigned circuit court judge for the Seventh Circuit, which is Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett had been an Indiana University of Notre Dame law professor. She's from the Midwest. They gave her that assignment. She has to decide whether she's going to make the decision as the judge whether to reject the appeal or she's going to refer it over to the complete nine members of the Supreme Court. This is part of that shadow docket that we talked so much about in the last couple of years where a judge in Amy Coney Barrett's position or justice can on her own or his own thumb up or thumb down an appeal. However, because of all of the bad publicity that the U.S. Supreme Court has rightfully uh, gotten, they have stopped really doing that that much. They may only temporarily say stay something for a moment and then send it to the full panel for a decision. So Amy Coney Barrett uh, refused on her own to stay the, the uh, statute, to stop the assault weapons ban from going into effect, and referred it over to the full nine. And in an unsigned order with no dissent, think about who's on that Supreme Court for a moment, no dissent, three lines, they decline to take on the appeal. Meaning it stays below at the trial court level, case is not over, they're still litig litigating the constitutionality of this particular issue at the trial court level through a full and complete record evidence, facts, testimony, legislative history, and analysis. That's what's missing at this at this particular moment. This case is in its infancy. There's not a lot of record that the U.S. Supreme Court likes to see before it makes an ultimate pronouncement about a constitutional issue, especially so soon after they already ruled last summer uh, in the Bruin case to expand the Second Amendment. 
yes, they've taken some gun cases since then to sort of explain to people their interpretation of, of limitations on gun uh, uh, that can be imposed on gun rights, right? What kind of uh, gun control laws are going to be okay under the expanded definition of the Second Amendment? They've done that, but this is the first case that's come up from the lower level circuit courts, and it's not a complete record. And I think that gave the court a lot of pause. Let the trial court do its job. Let the Seventh Circuit do its job. Could take a year or two before the case maybe returns to the U.S. Supreme Court if they if they decide to take the case up to the U.S. Supreme Court at the justice level. But in the meantime, we're going to ban those assault weapons. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to care for your mouth. This is exactly why Quip's water flosser is so essential. The Quip water flosser hits all the right spots with gentle or deep clean pressure at the touch of a button. It has an extra wide lid that fits right under the faucet and fills up in seconds. The cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use, which means no bulky charging dock or tangled cords. The Quip water flosser blasts away up to 99% of plaque and popcorn from treated areas with precision, thanks to 360 degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps into place easy to control water flow and leaves you feeling squeaky clean. The design is sleek and slim enough to keep your countertops as clean as your teeth and it only costs seven bucks for replacement floss tips which are shipped to you every three months to keep things flowing smoothly and prevent mineral deposits from building up. And so you know, the Quip water flosser isn't all Quip has to offer. The electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. And Quip's mint and gum prevents cavities and freshens breath when chewed for 20 minutes after eating. I truly have Quip to thank for my entire dental care routine, and I don't know where I'd be without them. If you go to getquip.com slash legalaf right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, or water flosser. That's 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, or water flosser at getquip.com slash legalaf, spelled G E T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash Legal AF. Quip, the good habits company. Think about that. They could have put their thumb on the scale of justice the other way and said, no, no, we don't want, that's a Second Amendment right. You have the right to an AR-15 and, you know, 150 rounds shoved into the bottom, you know, and taken into a church or school. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that carnage two years from now when we get to a full appeal, but we'll stop the assault weapons uh, ban on the books right now. They didn't do that. And think about who's on the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, you have gun nut, gun rights uh, to the extreme people like Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas. You got others that are sort of towards them, but not all the way to their extreme. I would have expected at least, for instance, that Alito or Thomas to give hope, breathe, breathe life into the gun dealers of America um, at the expense of the victims of America. He, he would have written some sort of dissent. But he didn't, even, he didn't even do that. Nobody wrote a thing. They're just silent. And that's a messaging from the U.S. Supreme Court, which is they don't, as of right now, based on the record developed, they don't see it. Uh, they don't see the unconstitutional attack. And what happens at the Supreme Court level is generally there has to be you know, one fast track route to the U.S. Supreme Court is if there is a split in the circuits, meaning one circuit, like the Seventh Circuit, rules this way. You know, the ban on assault weapons is constitutional under the Second Amendment. 
But another circuit, let's just pick one at random, the fifth, <laughs> the really ultra conservative circuit that sits down in Louisiana uh, and the one that covers Texas. They go, oh no, gun rights, unlimited, unfettered. The founding fathers didn't put a limit on assault weapons, AR-15s and high capacity rifles because there weren't any and they couldn't anticipate them. And so there shouldn't be one now. And then you got a split in the circuits. So that was my split um, artist rendering. Fifth and seventh, that has to get resolved in only one place. The U.S. Supreme Court has to resolve a split in the circuits. But right now, there is no split in the circuits because this is the only, it's hard to believe, this is the only ruling on the books right now is the ruling of the, of the Illinois, uh, of the uh, Seventh Circuit sitting in Illinois about these weapons, which now can be cited by other courts. Now, look, you know the Ken Paxons of the world in Texas and other places, Florida with, with DeSantis. They're going to try to flood and get a new case in order to, to create a conflict and try to get it up to the Supreme Court. But for right now, and this is the reporting on this hot take, the assault weapons ban in Naperville, Illinois, in, on an ordinance and the statute in, in Illinois is on the books and enforceable. And gun dealers in Illinois may not now and continuing and has never been stayed can't sell high capacity rifles ar-15s and the like high capacity magazines and lethal certain types of lethal ammunition now there is one you know i want to be transparent here there is one little weird quirk i guess to get the votes in illinois they're allowing people that have already at the time that statute was passed and on the books who already had all of this you know, sort of weapons of mass destruction in their homes to keep them if they registered with their local police. I mean, I assume it was there was a fight and struggle over confiscating personal property and retroactive impact of ex post facto laws, not to bore you on this hot take. I assume it was some sort of battle like that in the House and the Senate of that particular state, in the State House. And that was the compromise. But you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll have to look at the statistics, but I assume it's had a tremendous impact on lowering mass shootings in Illinois. And if you pass something like that federally across the country, which can only be done by Congress, where one party is in control of Congress, uh, then, you know, we, we, would, we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, sitting on pins and needles about what is this U.S. Supreme Court MAGA right six to three going to do with this particular case, right? So we'll continue to cover things that are important, like assault weapons bans and the U.S. Supreme Court's reaction to them. Only one place on the Midas Touch YouTube channel, exclusively there. That's where you are. You're here with me now. Free subscribe. Free, really, to, the, to their YouTube channel and help them get to 2 million free subscribers. And then if you like this kind of hot take, you'll like this kind of analysis of lawyers talking about things that they understand at the intersection of law, politics, and justice. Join us on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time for a show we call Legal AF. It's exactly what you think. We take four or five of these cutting-edge stories from the week, and we give it to you right here. We don't blow smoke or sunshine. Give me a thumbs up. Speaking of no smoke or sunshine, give me a thumbs up. Leave me a comment or review. It helps with the ratings. It helps keep me on the air. Until my next hot take, until my next Legal AF, this is Michael Popak reporting. Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. Please subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel for free and help us grow this unapologetically pro-democracy network.